Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh, new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fluted plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet. Uh, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with us as we build the bridge to conversation right here on the C.L. Bryant Show daily over Red State, Red State Talk, the largest talk platform in the nation, and uh, really glad to be a part of that family. And so, my friends, uh, today, as we un- as it unfolds, and hey, it's going to do it whether we want it to or not, and the things that are contained in it, they're going to unfold too, whether we want them to or not. Such is the way of the world, and here we go. Let us examine what we're doing here and why we're here, where we're going as we build this bridge to conversation today. Coming up in the show, my good friend, Ronnie Ramirez, businessman extraordinaire. If you're ever in Shreveport, Louisiana, or needing to come from Dallas to Shreveport or wherever in the Oklatex area that an automobile, a limousine can bring you, you want to talk to my good friend, Ronnie, and he's going to be on with us. But we're going to talk about Rush, and I'm going to give everybody my Rush uh, story, uh, my real, my my uh, real, my first Rush story, the first one I ever have attached to him. I have several, but uh, this very first one is uh, gives you the idea of how he influenced my life. And I'll be sharing that with you a little bit later on in uh, the show. But if you don't follow me on Twitter, follow me uh, at Rev, R-E-V-C-L Bryant, at Rev, C-L Bryant on Twitter. And you'll see that I just tweeted out not long ago that um, what you're seeing with Governor Cuomo, we're going to talk about this uh, a little bit, a little bit here, um, maybe in the second half as well is a prime example of a a man, a person, a human being reaping what they have sown. All of the nastiness, the the reversing uh, ground. I want you to remember Cuomo here. Here, let me help you remember Cuomo. When this thing first hit about a week, a year ago, let's see, about a, a week and a half a year ago this year, a week and a half forward from now, a week and a half from now last year, a week and a half from now last year, Governor Cuomo because the president was sending, you know, uh, such help to New York City. Andrew Cuomo was actually praising the fast response of Donald John Trump. You remember that? He was actually praising the quick response of Donald John Trump. Then 
suddenly, a week later, if not that, if that, yeah, I don't know if it was a week later, but then suddenly, that same Andrew Cuomo reversed his field. And all of a sudden, and, and you know why it is, because the media the, the, and, and the far left told him to do it. I don't know where I heard this, but you know what? It may actually be true. I'm thinking about this because this is renegade media that you're listening to. This is renegade media that you're listening to. Maverick media is what you're listening to. Now, uh, that stuff that you're even Fox, uh, for the for the most part, by and large, even Fox uh, kowtows to the, uh, you know, far left. They, they they make even Fox moderate. OK, there's no conservative uh, talk and speak. And one of the one of the great pains of losing uh, our conservative manhood who, who was embodied in Rush Limbaugh is, 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 is that there is no real conservative, big, huge conservative voice out there. Sean Hannity, my good friend, uh, is certainly one. But what I'm saying is Rush was, uh, he was George Washington of this. All of us, and I, I tweeted this out a couple of days ago, all of us who are conservative commentators, uh, we stand on his shoulders and we chase his legacy. Yeah, that's how big he was. The bigger than Buckley, any of those that came before, any of the conservative commentators that came before him, bigger than Thomas Sowell, even though the greatest mind that I feel has ever graced this earth uh, as far as economic thought and uh, social commentary is concerned is Tom, Dr. Thomas Sowell. But as far as the effect, the magnitude uh, and, and impact on a society, you know, there, there is no, no rush. And I'll be on with Sean Monday to um, uh, talk about this, uh, about how he impacted my life. I'm going to share with you a little bit here uh, today how he impacted my life. You you wouldn't you wouldn't think that Rush Limbaugh could possibly impact the life of a a, a black kid from uh, Shreveport, Louisiana, a black preacher from Shreveport, Louisiana. I'm gonna share a little bit about a little bit of with that uh, with you before the day is is done. His influence on you, whether you know it or not, is incredible. He is truly a renaissance man, as I tweeted out. And he is truly someone who shaped a portion of his, his world. Oh, you'll, you'll never know the, 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 the global impact of this guy named Rush. Oh, it was a rush. No doubt about it when I first heard him speak. Mario Cuomo, prime example of reaping what you sow. He was vicious, hateful. And that's how I got off on that rabbit trail. <laughs> uh, but he was hypocritical. 
and 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 what's done in the dark. I'm, I'm going I'm going all oh, I'm going just 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 scripture on you right here. Uh, it's going to be shout. These are the, these are the words of Christ. What's done in the dark and all of you now all of you have experienced this in your own lives i'm sure so i'm just not talking or pointing fingers at nobody okay i'm not pointing fingers at mario cuomo i'm just telling you be careful when you blame god and you know that you are the culprit as Mario Cuomo knew that he was the culprit in this. But what did he do? What did Mario Cuomo do? Mario Cuomo blamed everybody, including God, for something that he knew he was the culprit of. He better be careful. Yeah, you better be careful blaming God you may not believe in him but I do and uh, if in fact you were to uh, actually search for him seek him you'll find him in everything that transpires because his word says that his word has already said it before there was television radio Books uh, that we know as the bound books that we have before it was that type of mass production of anything as far as communicating was concerned. He had already declared the end of what this is from the very beginning of when it uh, before it happened. Huh? And, And let me tell you this. You reap what you sow, whether you uh, suffer greatly for it or not. But in Cuomo's case, because of his great uh, accusation, and because, yeah, that was it was an accusation. Whenever you blame somebody for something, you accuse them of it, right? Sometimes people are, 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 are deserving of being accused, right? And then sometimes they're not. And surely the one who gives us air to breathe, sunshine to warm us, and beautiful snow, even as it is covering Shreveport, Louisiana, right now, uh, all of this is because of something greater and someone greater. I call him God. You, 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 and in America, hey, you're free to do what you want to do, but I have come to find something out in my lifetime, in the time that I've spent here, and I think I'm going to spend exactly, at least as much time that I've been on earth, I think I'm going to spend as much more time on earth, and I'm just praying that uh, that God that I trust with the air and the sunshine, the rain and all the water and all that type thing uh, will honor my prayer, keep me in good health. That's that's I want a Moses blessing. I want to be as healthy and strong and as uh, vital, vibrant as Moses when I'm 120 as I am now. Oh, yeah, I believe I can have it if I say it and and uh, and trust God for it. That's what you have to do. That is the way I live my life. I believe I can have what I say when I trust 
God for it. Of course, it's in. It has to be in his will for me to hang around here that long. <laughs> uh, in other words, you have to be purposeful. You, you have to have some type of reason, uh, mission, you, your mission was preordained. I do believe that. But uh, your destination may not be. Oh, yeah. You, you have, all of us have a purpose for being here. Whether you actually achieve that or not, uh, maybe you do or don't. But you did have a mission. And, and hey, if, if that mission is going to fail, I think, uh, and, and it's complete, I think it's time to go. But no, there's a whole lot of things. If, if the earth remains that you and I should want to do, right, and do well, and things we should get engaged in to stay involved and active in shaping uh, the kingdom that is coming. But Mario Cuomo gave and did show all of us a prime example of reap the, the principle of reaping and sowing in not the giving and receiving way that we normally want to associate this with. But your actions reap actions. Your words reap words. Judgment reaps judgment. Mario Cuomo, uh, Andrew Cuomo, Governor Cuomo, Andrew Cuomo is a prime example of what scripture talks about in every aspect of it, of reaping and sowing. This man blamed God Oh, I can imagine, I can, you know, everybody, everybody, everybody uh, is going to blame some politician somewhere along the line. Of course, you want to blame the health care workers who put their lives on the line to try and deal with the people that he put in their path uh, who actually could have uh, infected them. Cuomo did a whole lot of damage and they're fixing to do a whole lot of damage to him. He's reaping what he sowed. Oh, yes, he is. He is reaping what he has sowed. They are going to most likely, and keep an eye on this, they're most likely going to strip him of that Emmy. They're going to strip him of his emergency powers as governor, which, which essentially does not make him governor, which means if there's a natural disaster in New York City, it will not be Cuomo who calls out the National Guard. It essentially strips him of being governor. He's reaping what he sowed. And I think the I think he'd have been okay if he had not blamed God. And I, I really believe he'd have been okay. He could have gotten away with blaming Trump. He you know, he, he would have rocked along a little. He would have rocked along a little bit. Yeah, he could have gotten away with blaming Trump. No, you know, everybody, everybody uh, would, would expect that from him. He, he would have gotten away with even saying, well, the health care workers brought it in with them. He could have gotten away with that. Because, you know, that was something that all of us would say, well, maybe so. I don't know. He could have gotten away with saying, well, you know, I really did uh, do okay, and I, but I, I tried to follow Trump's guidelines, and they were the things that messed us up. He could have kept lying about that and would have gotten away with that. But this man, and, and this, let this be a lesson to all of us, this man blamed 
God for what he knew he was responsible for. Uh, there comes a, a, there is a reckoning with that. Oh my goodness, there is a reckoning with that unless you fall on your face and repent. He's merciful. Yes, he is. I thank him for it. But looking at and noting the character, the swag of Cuomo, I don't think that he is up to it. (laughs) I don't think he's up to repenting. So he got to do some reaping. And America, as Ronnie Reagan, Ronald Wilson Reagan, told us, if America forgets that she is one nation under God, she'll be a nation gone under. Yeah. If Cuomo ever forgets, and if he has forgotten, if he has walked away from, if he ever never believed that there is one who super rules and rules all things, puts it all, has put it all into motion. We live our lives the way we live our lives, but there is a creator that Jefferson, in fact, referred to, that you do not mock. God is not mocked. I think that's Galatians 6, 7. Whatsoever. Uh, You sow, you shall reap. Don't be deceived about that. Uh, Hey, I have planted many uh, uh, lemon trees in my life in the past. I had forgotten they were planted. But then... Sometimes when you least expect it, they come up. Oh, you reap what you sow. And you need to, unless you have repented of that, you reap that. But don't, don't faint because in due season, if you don't faint, you'll begin to reap all the good stuff that you've sown to. And and that's why you do it now. You start, start to reap. Hey, over the last few months, you know, you start reaping, uh, planting and reaping these, these good things that comes up too, but don't think that you escape. Don't, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. He, 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 you remember what you planted. It comes up. Repent of it. It won't be so painful. I'm CL. Don't go anywhere. The C.L. Bryant Show will return shortly uh, after these words. Thank each and every one of you for coming along with us as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation right here on the C.L. Bryant Show.
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. CL, back with you, coast to coast, border to border, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet. Uh, the greatest success story still the world has ever known, and that is America. Welcome along on our journey together daily as Americans right here on the CL Bryant Show, on the Talk Monster Red State Talk Radio, and uh, we are the largest talk platform in uh, the nation. And if you're traveling through Times Square, be sure to look up above iconic Ripley's Believe It or Not, and there you will see the Red State Talk billboard there, and 24 hours a day, seven days a week, the C.L. Bryant Show is looking right back at you in Times Square. Old CEO's face is right there. And I want to thank you for making our show as popular as it has become. Started off as a regional show, and one of the friends that I had back then uh, when we were just a, a regional show was this next gentleman that I'm going to bring on to you. Uh, his name is Ronnie Ramides, and uh, he's a businessman extraordinaire. And if you're ever coming to the Arklatex, uh, Arkansas, Louisiana, Texas area, uh, flying into Dallas, and you need a way to get to Shreveport, Louisiana, you want to call Ronnie Ramides, uh, Shreveport Limousines. We're going to talk to him. He's going to let him talk to you about that here in just uh, a few minutes. But let me uh, tell you that a friend in need is a friend indeed, and Ronnie is that kind of guy. Uh, anybody will tell you that you don't know this guy if you don't know him as a friend. And so, Ronnie, I want to welcome you back to the CL Bryan Show. How are you, brother? Hey, I'm good. Just trying to stay warm over here in Northwest Louisiana, as I'm sure you are. Yeah, man. You know what? I would. You know, Ronnie, we grew up here, and uh, of course, if they talked about a, a, a half an inch of snow back when we was coming along. Uh, th- that would have shut down this city. So everybody should know that we are absolutely paralyzed here in Shreveport, Louisiana. There is no question. Ice on the ground. Ronnie, uh, let's talk about Rush, um, our lives. So even though I'm your, you and you, me and your father went to school together. So, uh, but still Rush Limbaugh impacted your life and my life, even though we are 19, 18, 19 years apart. Talk to us about how he impacted you, and, and talk to us about those who indeed are trying to besmirch and, and throw mud on this man who is such a great individual. Talk to us. Yeah, Rush Limbaugh, I, I've listened to him since I was a teenager, and he kind of, uh, at first I was I was uh, not as fond of him because I thought he was a know-it-all, and the longer I, uh, I had life experiences and matured, I began to uh, uh, question more and, and research more on my own, and I realized that a lot of what he says, you may not like it, but but he was right, and he called out uh, things for what they were, for the truth. And uh, so I, I think that 
he was one of the ones that was uh, brave enough. He could never be intimidated. Uh, he could never, uh, he's never going to change his message, and he would never cow to any of the pressure put on him from the outside. He was, he, he really built an empire out of speaking the truth, uh, which is, let's face it, it's almost unheard of these days. Um, so, you know, we see everything from Hollywood celebrities, uh, you know, liberals, uh, and we even had some, some folks uh, locally that were absolutely celebrating and mocking his death. It was absolutely uh, disgusting, just disgusting just with what we've seen so far. I don't know if you if if you've uh, uh, picked up on any of that, but oh yeah, you know I couldn't be more disappointed in uh, in what we were seeing. Now, the very ironic thing, which is one of the things that Rush stood for, was calling out hypocrisy. Now we see a lot of the people locally that we saw making Facebook posts, of dancing, making jokes uh, about how how happy they were that he passed. Um, there seems their mission in life is to uh, have have you accept others that look differently than you, that live different lifestyles than you, that come from different backgrounds than you, yet they celebrate the death of a conservative uh, voice in America because he was conservative. I don't know that... Yeah, that's, uh, it's stifling. The hypocrisy, Ronnie, is absolutely stifling. They talk about uh, celebrating, as you're pointing out. This is what you, this is what Ronnie, pointing out here to all of us. I don't want you to miss this point. The Dems claim to celebrate, or those on the other side, they claim to celebrate the fact that they have diversity and diverse opinions, and uh, they they celebrate, they champion that. But yet, when someone who is the epitome and the representation of a diverse America, a different opinion. It passes away. And, and you know what, uh, Ronnie, I don't see anyone on the left who could have possibly put a dent in our society the way that Rush Limbaugh did. Uh, he inflamed passions everywhere. And uh, even in, in this black kid from Shreveport, Louisiana, graduating from Fair Park High School, who would have known? that Rush Limbaugh would have come to impact my life. And then later, the son of my, one of my classmates, who, who was just 17, 18 years younger than me, uh, impacts his life the same way, and then is impacting his son. The impact of Rush Limbaugh will be generational, don't you think, Ronnie? No, I agree 100%. And, and I think that you, what your, uh, the course of your life where you've been uh, where you come from and, and all of the things that you've done uh, working within the NAACP. And if you were truly not open to hearing other ideas, where would your life be right now? It would be, a, it would be much different, but you, uh, like a lot of, of, of my friends, uh, are, are, are willing to sit down with someone and listen to a different opinion, a different viewpoint, and even if you starkly disagree, you don't hate that person. You don't you don't dislike that person because they believe differently than you. You accept them for who they are. You know, everybody has a paradigm that we see the world through, and that's based on our experiences in life, uh, what we've been through, um, you know, tragedy, things like that. And that's the reason why a lot of, of Democrats and, and and conservatives alike believe the way they do is because the way they were raised. I have lots of friends 
that are Democrats, that are moderates, that are – I have some, some friends that are liberals, and I'm still their friend. We joke and give each other a hard time on, on, on different things, but I still love these people. Sure. And I would never celebrate the death of someone because they had a, a different opinion. I mean, oh, my that's, God, no. Oh, my but, God, no. But, but that's what fuels the hate, and I, I just would hope that uh, people would not – see uh, a small portion of these folks celebrating uh, Russia's passing and other things that they do and, and, and label all Democrats or all liberals as hateful people because it's almost uh, you're almost as guilty if you do that. So you have to see it for what it is. There's some conservatives you and I both know that are whack jobs that say and do things that are completely, completely unwarranted and irresponsible. And, they, and, and I, we, you and I both can. We've had this discussion. We condemn them completely. They're an embarrassment. When you say that, like, I need I need to bring this up then. I need to bring this up so I, because you, you kind of cracked that door open for me to say it, for, the, for me to ask you about it. Uh, when Michelle and I were talking about this the other day, when uh, when when we first kicked off our show, uh, Bill Cassidy was, was uh, throwing his – seven years ago, Bill Cassidy was throwing his hat in the ring. And we swung behind him where Rob Manus was uh, on my menu, but I uh, thought that Bill could win, and Bill did win, unseated uh, Mary Landrew and all of that uh, thing. And, and Bill's our friend. He's still a friend. But, uh, Ronnie, i got to tell you, I, and I've said it uh, very publicly, I've said it to Bill, and uh, I feel betrayed. Now, now this is the thing that, that we as Louisianans and folks, you have people in your state, wherever you listen to the show, that that may fit this very bill. You sent you sent them there to do one thing, and that's represent you, not to represent them, but to represent you. And and, and so, Ronnie, that's the that's the problem that I have here. I understand what Bill's explanation and all of that, but that still does not take away the the fact that the, the people that 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 sent him to to D.C. feel betrayed. Talk to us. Yeah, I think that uh, uh, Mike Johnson and there's many others that have uh, really articulated the argument that the, the the entire trial was was unconstitutional. It lacked many things procedural that you would have to bring to a, a regular district courtroom to uh, to to try someone. And just based on that, how could you make a, a uh, an educated opinion or a decision? Based, or based on your conscience, because if someone's not treated fairly at their trial, then how could you convict them, right? We see a lot of bad people get away with things because of procedural, but that's what provides us the protections. You may not always like the outcome, but you have to respect the process in this country to enjoy the freedoms that we have, like freedom of speech, right? So. Well, he, I heard of uh, Dr. Cassie's, and I threw a fundraiser for him at, at my business, and, and I, I feel betrayed as well that it, it was certainly not the the opinion or the voice of the majority of voters in Louisiana. So I, I'm with you on that. I'm, I couldn't be more disappointed. Um, I, I just I don't know what to say. It's it's uh, we'll, we'll see. I guess in, in a few years, if if the people of Louisiana want to keep him, but what I'm afraid of is that there'll be so much infi- infighting in the Republican Party that uh, Democrat will slip in and take that seat back like we had with Mary Landrieu. And our, our, we have a Republican and a, and a Democrat senator 
and they just cross each other's boat out each time, which is which is pretty scary. What uh, is the future, Ronnie, in your opinion, of uh, our party uh, nationally and, of course, locally uh, there in Louisiana? I'm, you know, I'm about to head for Florida. I'm about to go move. To, I'm about to move to Florida. Although I'll be dual, yeah. I'll be dual resident uh, uh, both Louisiana and Florida. But just the same. Uh, on a national scale, give us uh, your take on uh, where you think uh, our, our party is headed and what, what must we do to be saved? <laughs> well, I think that uh, uh, one of the things that this COVID crisis has taught me for business, and of course our business got clobbered with the show for transportation industry, uh, the way things are now are not the way they will always be, Right. So it's, it's really easy to get bogged down and get uh, down and out about the state of current affairs. If you look back through history, there's been times when uh, Nixon uh, was impeached or, or was the fear of impeachment, he resigned. But there's so many other times that the, the Republican Party has faced crisis. But I think that, that as a group, the Republican Party is full of, of good-hearted, smart people that we just – lack right now the ability to 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 come together and make our voice heard and hold our elected officials accountable for the job that they do so I, i'm i'm confident moving forward that uh, the the republican party can can uh, have a future in this state and, and nationwide but i think there's so much infighting that we really need to to uh, uh, change our our, uh, the, our approach to things, get together behind the same uh, uh, philosophy, and, and move it all forward, and everybody working for the greater good of what we feel like this country should be. Now, if we fight, and it's always has to be my idea or your idea, and we can't come together, then we'll get what we get, and we'll get controlled like we are right now with this uh, socialism that's that's slipping in like a like a snake. Right. And uh, it would be too late, and and we won't have a choice. Ronnie, was Trump uh, the Republican manhood? Was was he the manhood of uh, of of uh, our party? And uh, I just don't understand. I've never understood how it was that him, in my estimation, being so strong a figure in our party, how was it that there were some of us Republicans who did not embrace him? What was that about? And I want you, if you can, stay with me through the break. Yes. Well, I I really feel that, and I said this all through, because you know I was a Trump guy from the very, very beginning. I remember. When the the consensus was for for Ted Cruz. I remember. But I I believe that the... uh, People focused, conservatives focused too much on his delivery and maybe some of the things that he said or did that that made them feel uncomfortable and his brashness. And they didn't look at his effectiveness on did he advance the conservative agenda the way you want him to. And if you ask those same people directly, they'd say, well, yeah, I guess he did. If you think about it, if you have a politician that makes you feel good, but doesn't really get the job done, that's a recipe for disaster. We saw that from 08 to 16, did we not? Absolutely, we saw that. Absolutely, we saw that. So I think that that is where we missed the boat with so many influential Republicans uh, and and moderates uh, that they they were way too focused on 
what he said or what he said in a tweet or if they offended him. But if you look at any great leader, they are – of any organization, they will all tell you it's, it's way more important for me to be respected than liked. Correct. Absolutely. Absolutely, Ronnie. And you know what? You coupled uh, two things together that I really want uh, all of you, America, to think about this. Yes, there's no question the president was 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 brash. He's brash, but he was effective and 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 Obama was brash, but ineffective. He was very brash, but he was ineffective in his brashness. I would much rather a leader that is confident of himself and might think highly of himself and not afraid, not afraid to tell you or ashamed to tell you about it and then get the job done so that it benefits me too than someone who sings and, and trickles down my leg about what they're going to do as Joe Biden has done for 50 years, folks, nearly 50 years. Nearly 50 years, Joe Biden has uh, talked a good game and trickled down your leg, but there's nothing happening. They're doing it again to you. My question is, why is you buying it? Go ahead, Ronnie. Got two. Got two minutes. Okay, I agree. Now, and one thing we're seeing from the current president that that I just I completely uh, I shake my head when I hear it is you hear a repeated uh, uh, call for giving people a couple hundred dollars, six or seven hundred dollars, and the other day it was if you, people are going to be sent fourteen hundred dollars. It's going to allow them to pay their bills through what July, which was, if you do the math, is absolutely ridiculous. Everybody just wants a job back. But what he says that's really confusing to me that people are falling for is there are people that can't buy groceries. There are people that can't uh, make their electric payment, things like that. Look, I don't want six hundred dollars. No one that is employed by me wants six hundred dollars. Everyone just wants to go back to work. And let me take care of my family on my own and not be checking the, the bank account for my $600 wire, right? right? Let me be the creator of my destiny, not Washington, D.C. That is absolutely – but people keep falling for that because he, he is giving the impression that he is speaking for the, the small guy and the poor. But what the poor need and, and what they want, Republicans, Democrats, and everything in between – is look, let's just let me get back to work and take care of my family the way I know it's a proven method, not looking at the mailbox, waiting on the mailman to bring me my stimulus check. No, if we see that in other countries, it's been disastrous, CL. And it, it does. It, it's, it's it is disastrous. It is absolutely disastrous. I'm on with Ronnie Remedies. And uh, when we come back, he's going to tell you all about his business. And when you're in the Shreveport, Bozier, the Arklatex area, Louisiana, Arkansas, and Texas area, and you need a, a nice ride. You want to call Ronnie. I'm CL. This is CL Bryant Show. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back in just a minute with more with Ronnie Ramirez and uh, just straight talk with you. In fact, my latest real talk will be out here uh, over the weekend. This HR1, it's deception. Oh, it's presented as an angel of light. But friends, let me tell you, it's not. It will rob you of your state sovereignty and it will federalize elections in this country go to freedom works freedomworks.org uh, i'm a senior fellow with them uh, and we are pushing back hard against this and you should too become a part of that movement i am cl cl Bryant show will return after these words you thought i was worth saving so you came and changed my life you thought i was worth so you clean 
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. CL back with you on this fantastic day in the USA. Always good when you can share a day with uh, a friend, old friend. At this point, known Ryan for years now, and uh, a lot of ups and downs and experiences that we have. Uh, been through together and glad to have him on the show businessman extraordinaire great mind that he has for business and business deals and uh, ronnie why don't you tell everybody what it is that uh you're into he's a political folks i mean he's a shaker and mover but it's more than that and ronnie i want you to tell everybody how to get a hold of you and uh how to engage with your business if in fact they're so inclined yeah, we uh, well, we've been in the chauffeur transportation in, uh, industry for uh, now. It's twenty years. We started in two thousand and one. Uh, company Shreveport Limousine. Uh, that's uh, almost fifty percent of what we do is corporate travel. You know, sedans, luxury SUVs. Uh, it's uh, it's amazing when we started off uh, how the uh, industry has transformed. Uh, but it is uh, it, we've we've uh, obviously seen the challenges of uh, twenty twenty. Uh, we're headed back in the right direction. I think people are beginning to to get a little bit restless and, and to figure out that uh, some of the government may be lying to them about uh, keeping them in their homes and keeping us away from each other and making us scared of each other. So we're encouraged to see people uh, getting out. Uh, we're just waiting for the, the entertainment venues to open back up and some of the corporate travel to come back. But ShreveportLimousine.com. Is our website. Uh, we, we service uh, the Arquitex area, all of northern Louisiana, uh, through all the major airports. And uh, just uh, uh, happy to still be around and have weathered the storm of 2020. We're optimistic for a great 2021. And uh, we, uh, we hope to uh, see you soon again, CL. Oh, I yeah. haven't seen you. Uh, oh, yeah. No doubt about it. I think it. I haven't seen you since we went to Belize. Let me. That's right. We were down in Belize together. And uh, let me, let, this is one thing I want to tell everybody. Uh, I mean, top-notch people. Uh, when I was, was going over to Beck Studios in Dallas, uh, Glenn would often call Ronnie and uh, have a, a limousine just drive me over there instead of the planes and waiting around for a plane, just drive me over. It's two and a, two and a half hours over there. And I'd drive around in the, in the luxury uh, of, of, of Beck, and Glenn would have them wait and bring me back home uh, after we were finished. That's the caliber of people that Ronnie deals with. But whoever you are, corporate or big or small, Ronnie Ramides is uh, Shreveport Limousine uh, is where you should go to get that type of uh, of service. Ronnie, when we look at business in America and we look at a president now, first thing he does when he comes into office and you know oil and gas is lifeblood of Louisiana. Yes. First thing that he does is he, he kills the Keystone Pipeline, 
what what message? I mean, I, I don't I don't understand. It, that doesn't make sense to a Looney Tune. Tell, tell me, what, what's going on here? Well, I think it was called by by several uh, people that, that we follow uh, that he would be uh, uh, indebted to some of the extreme side of the Democrat Party who want to eliminate any usage of fossil fuel, just phase it out completely, which is which is crazy. It's and quite frankly, imported from another country that has almost zero standards uh, as as far as uh, the air quality and things like that, but increase our depending on our dependence on foreign foreign countries. Now, I believe that uh, there will be a, a great deal of backlash, and there's a lots of buyer's remorse now uh, that people that voted for they didn't like Trump, they voted against Trump, they didn't necessarily vote for Joe Biden. Yet he's killing their business, uh, their, their maybe their jobs, and I, I think that uh, I'm going to be interested to see how uh, America responds to this uh, in the coming elections in 2022. I mean, I, I, I think that will be the key as long as we don't uh, have mail-in uh, voting again. I think that uh, people are going to stand up and say, "Wait a minute, I don't, I don't care." Uh, who the elected official is, I just want a, I want my job back. I want my business back. I want to be able to control the course of my life. And I think a lot of people are really upset. And there's a lot of people here in Louisiana that are being affected by this in ways they would have never imagined because they thought, we just get rid of Trump and this will happen or that will happen. And the things I think I believe they wanted to happen are not going to happen. It's it's the extremists that helped put him in office that he owes, which was the, the in my opinion, one of the great things about Trump was he didn't owe any one anything for quote putting him in office. It was the people he was the popular uh, vote uh, as far as we uh, what the average person wanted and not. The special interest. Absolutely. You know, Ronnie, and, and uh, that is exactly uh, the, the difference in the two uh, men. And of course, uh, everyone knows on this show, and I've said it on Hannity, I've said it on Sean's show uh, last week, uh, week four, and I'll be on Sean Monday uh, to talk about uh, my encounter with Rush and, and how he in, in, uh, influenced my life as well. But this is the thing uh, Joe Biden has never done anything in nearly 50 years on Capitol Hill, what makes anybody, any, what, what could possibly make anybody think that he would do anything now? There's just, there's just not uh, any, any, any logic, any rhyme, a reason to why, and I certainly don't believe that 80 million people voted for Joe Biden. That would mean that 15 million uh, more people voted for Joe Biden than voted for Barack Obama. That, that, that's just not possible. And that's just not possible. And so, and so uh, friends, uh, this is why we are in the quandary now, because we need this thing audited. It's not going to get audited. And so I'll never call him president is what I was getting at to begin with. I just won't be calling him president until we get it audited. If they audit it and it turns out that Joe Biden did, in fact, get 80 million votes and he is the, 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 the legitimate President of the United States, hail to the chief. That's what I'll be saying. But not now. Yeah, I, I ain't doing it now. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's an opinion of a lot of people. Uh, but I feel like uh, we have four years 
of, of this administration. Uh, I think it's highly unlikely that we're going to see anything overturned. We're just going to have to uh, look at the cards uh, in the hand that we were dealt and try to figure out how to make it in your industry, in my industry, uh, in, in my commercial uh, construction development. Uh, we, we, have, we have had adversity before, and I think our resilience and our, our, our fortitude is going to come to the surface now, and we're going to tell stories when we're much older about, hey, do you remember the days of? It's much like your generation when you talk about uh, people that stand uh, in line for gas. Uh, during the 70s when all those crises happened. Yeah. You know, th- things turned around after that, and most people soon forget. People, people unfortunately, soon forget how, how, people, how elected officials uh, will, will treat you and, and, call, and the problems that they cause. Yeah. But I think it is important to point out to the people that did vote for Joe Biden that a lot of the things that he's done, he told you he was going to do. So you really have no leg to stand on uh, when you complain and you have to close your business, uh, if it has, if it's associated with the oil and gas industry or many, many other things, that people uh, were told what he was going to, what he was going to do, and for some reason they decided to look the other way, and it was more important to them uh, to get rid of a president because they didn't like his personality, uh, to just go ahead and take a chance on someone that you really doesn't have a winning track record, as you pointed out for the country. And it's, uh, it, it's mind blowing, but you know what? It, that's to me, what makes this, what makes life interesting is we, while we may completely disagree with someone's, uh, rational, uh, rationale of why they voted for, for Joe Biden, you know, that's their opinion. And I, again, like we started this conversation, I don't dislike them for voting for Joe Biden. No, and uh, no, we can no, still no. move on and still love one another. And we're going to be around when Joe Biden is long gone. We're going to be around when Donald Trump is long gone. No. Okay. You know, Ronnie, you and I have right here in Shreveport, we have many liberal friends right here in Shreveport that we dearly love and have great conversation yeah. fun with. There's no question about that. But uh, our, our ideology, political ideology is different. That doesn't make us any less American uh, unless they're embracing socialism and all that kind of thing. But but uh, we, we that's something else to talk about. Ronnie Ramini, ShreveportLimousine.com. Go there and uh, if you're ever coming to the Arquitex uh, uh, area and you want to ride in style, Ronnie Ramirez report limousine.com. God bless you and God keep you, man. Thank you so much for hey. being there with me today. Thanks for having me on. Congratulations on all your success. The big billboard up in Times Square that's so impressive. I'm so happy to see a Shreveport man uh, just make his way uh, worldwide. God bless you, Ronnie. Thank you for your friendship, you too. brother. Thanks, CL. Bye now. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant Show. That was my friend, uh, Ronnie Ramirez. He's been with me since the very start of uh, of this show. Him and Michelle, and oh, it's just a close circle. It's not very many. There wasn't many around uh, back then. wasn't many around back then. Didn't even know if I could pull this off because uh, I was a public speaker. You know, as far as being a pastor and. Uh, that type thing, uh, speaking around the country with, for Freedom Works before I, uh, about three, four years before I got involved in this, I was, I was with Freedom Works, of course, and uh, still with Freedom Works. And I was uh, speaking around the, the country, and, and somebody said to me, uh, man, if you could bottle that and put it on radio, you know, it makes money. And um, 
uh, I didn't wasn't thinking about uh, anything about it. Um, I wasn't really wondering. He could, I, I said, "What?" And I, he said, "Yeah, but uh, bottle what? Bottle what? Uh, bottle the enthusiasm that um, there are people that would sponsor that. There are people who would throw in with that so that everybody could hear it for free." Yeah, yeah. And that's when I'll tell you, when I return after the, after the top of the hour, my um, break and my, um, how Rush Limbaugh, how Rush Limbaugh is the reason when I'm looking at uh, my book, uh, A Race for Freedom, when I look at my movie, Runaway Slave, when I look at my senior fellowship with uh, Freedom Works and my engagement in Tea Party, you know, engagement in Tea Party and and uh, the national renown that has given me world renown um, as far as my association with John McNaughton, the great artist who is in, immortalized in on canvas, my image, twice now in his portraits. That all began... With Rush. I'll tell you about it. I'll tell you about it. When I return with more of the C.L. Bryant show. And I want to thank all of uh, the people who have come along. And, yeah, even the being on the billboard, Red State Talk, all of that. Uh, being in any radio and replay, what have you. Any of that. Any of that. It all began with Rush. And I'll tell you about how... He plays in when I return on the other side of the break. America is the beautiful. If you take advantage of the great liberties that are available to you, America is the beautiful. And so um, it's only ugly and dingy, and it's I don't care who you are. I don't care what color your skin may be. Any, I don't care where you may be. You can be living in a castle and realize you don't have any money. That castle is not quite as castly, <laughs> you know. I'll be back. I'm CL. I'm just a pilgrim on this road, boys. I'm just a pilgrim on this road. Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back. 
Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with us as we build the bridge to conversation. Welcoming on board uh, now also our friends up in Utah at Loving Liberty and other outlets uh, as well. Uh, and I want to thank them for coming along with us as we build the bridge to conversation right here daily on the C.L. Bryant show. It was a great uh, first half. I'm a good buddy, uh, Ronnie Ramides of Shreveport Limousines. Uh, yeah, Ronnie Ramides, Shreveport Limousines. You're in the Shreveport area. Um, and you, uh, uh, you know, the Arklatex area, Shreveport, Arkansas, uh, Texas, uh, Louisiana area. Ronnie Ramirez, if you want to ride in style, and uh, hey, that's the guy you want to call. That's the guy you want to call. That's who I call. And uh, many of my friends who want to transport me somewhere, they do the same thing. Well, I want to um, say this, uh, folks. Of course, the passing of um, Rush Limbaugh, uh, Rushy, Mount Rushy, <laughs> is... Um, Something that, you know, we as conservatives, especially conservative commentators, take pretty hard because, uh, well, take doggone hard because Rush was, uh, we stand on his shoulders, all of us, men and women, all of us. We stand on his shoulders and we chase his legacy. Uh, As, of course, a male, uh, he was our manhood. He he was the one who uh, gave us all the know-how and the direction on how to stand up and 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 say something do something speak out and along you know those times and along those lines you know we had men like that they're gone now andrew breitbart was one and now rush is gone you know someone will 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 come along it may be you Maybe me, maybe Sean, maybe maybe someone may come along because Rush came along and he was bold enough to do and not brash. I'm not talking brash. I'm talking bold enough to tell the truth in a way that was palatable, palatable, say that five to the regular uh-huh. American to, to just regular average Americans, me and you. We're, I don't care who I don't care what station you are in life, unless you're some uh, Joe Carey blue blood or something like that, huh? I, you may have a bunch of money. I'm not talking about people that are rich. I'm talking about people that are very poor. We we I'm talking about Joe of uh, Joe and Jay, Joe and Sally American. That's all of us. Whether you got a bunch in the bank or not, that's all of us. We're just average Joes. Have the same woes and troubles as anybody else. It just may not be as extreme, but it is as extreme to you. Are you hearing me? Oh, yeah. Everything in that sense, things are relative in that sense. But it's not a relative world. It's not a relative situation. But in that sense, things are relative. Just to mean, uh, if if you have a whole bunch of money, 
and you got some money problems. Well, your money problems, yeah, they can be just as stressful and impact. In fact, even more so stressful because you don't want to go back to anywhere that you've been already. All right. That's what makes it stressful for a person who has made some money because you don't want to go back to a place you already been already. You, You know what that was and you know where you are. And you don't want to go back, and that's stressful. And, but then a person who doesn't have any money, and they are facing uh, trials of paying whatever, you know, it's just as stressful. So all of us in that sense are just regular folks. It, the same problems that rich folks have with their kids, poor folks do too. I promise you. And so, here we go. Uh, Rush was able to break it down and speak to everyone, even black folks. Uh, me being one as a witness, I'm, I'm a witness. Um, you had to, if you listened. I mean, now if you, if you tuned in, Rush. And you went over with a vendetta and you'd been poisoned to a point where nothing he said uh, rang anything other than racist and xenophobic and, uh, you know, misogynistic or anything like that. Okay, then you probably would not be swayed in any way. But if you went and you just listened Either way, and, and I'm going to tell you a story here that is just the way it happened uh, with me and how, you know, he came to influence my life and what I'm doing even now. I was I was the president of a two term president in NAACP Garland, Texas, you know. And I grew up in, in, a, in a very uh, wasn't necessarily liberal, but a de- very Democrat home. Yeah, L.C. and L. No, we're Roosevelt Democrats. Oh, yeah. Kennedy Democrats. My dad and mom. And um, so when, when I got into this thing, my dad put me in. I was a member of the NAACP once I was a young kid. I'm a lifetime member. At least I was. I don't know. <laughs> They may have kicked me out now. I don't know. But my dad made me a lifetime member way back when I was a kid, when I was a boy. I might have been 12 years old. I was a lifetime member of the NAACP. Went on to defend any type of thing as I grew up. That uh, NAACP or the causes of that Democrat ideal after 1968 70 I defended anything uh, as a kid you know as a, as a kid I wasn't even a, uh, I wasn't graduated from high school yet but I was being indoctrinated uh, in the early 70s you know to defend that type of stuff whatever the NAACP laid down had to be right okay and then of course uh, King um he didn't know Dr. King would not know the NAACP today he wouldn't know it and of course this was before Rush or anybody okay and so uh, you know what we have we we had 
We, we had each other's skin color. We had each other, the way we look, we had that in common, right? That's what we had, right? Sure. And that's what we relied on was that. And at the time, the truth is, uh, black folks in this country were pretty much in the same boat. Oh, there were some who had, you know, you know, ascended to the bourgeoisie and had become bougie black folks, bougie black folks, as they were referred to, you know, bougie. And um, even though I don't mind bougie, I can't stand bougie. <laughs> oh, I don't mind it. And I'm always around it for some reason or another. Lord, uh, just as uh, I'm a country boy at heart. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm a country boy. But uh, for some reason, I'm always around bougie. And I, yeah, I, I like bougie. I don't mind it. I mean, it has a lot of really nice perks. Bougie does. But I really can't stand bougie. And I don't think people who are bougie can stand it. They've just gotten so doggone immersed in it that they feel out of place anywhere else. You, you can become that way. That's the way I was with the NAACP before Rush came along. And two terms went on, uh, you know, didn't think anything. Always voted Democrat. All first uh, president I ever voted for, Jimmy Carter. Yeah, I voted for Jimmy Carter. Peanut Farmer. Yeah. And uh, on and on until I cast finally. I did. I, the first time, the very first time, I did vote for Bill Clinton, full disclosure. Uh, the first time Clinton ran, I voted for Bill Clinton. Second time, no, I did not. The transformation had begun. I almost voted for Ralph. I think I almost voted for Ralph Nader or somebody <laughs> like that. But I think I did wind up voting for Dole or somebody. You know. But, uh, yeah, I think I voted for Bob Dole. First Republican I ever voted for. <laughs> and it turns out, as Bob said himself, uh, he can't win. He just can't win. President of the NAACP in uh, Garland, Texas, uh, approaching my, well, see, I was 30, I think. Uh, well, no. Yeah, 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 I was 30 uh, at the time. And... Um, my wife we were in a racial marriage and all this I hadn't lived there but a year but I was went to the NAACP meetings to see what was going on just before I met Rush before before I, I heard of Rush before I even heard of Rush and um, there were some things going on there in Garland, Texas that needed to be addressed we did address him and and uh, the magnet schools that are in Garland, Texas right now happened because of a lawsuit that the first president initiated in federal court. And then I being the second president behind her uh, brought around to fruition and then left there and passed the baton to Marvin Burrell. But the magnet schools in Garland, Texas, became a, a reality under my watch. And that was over a federal lawsuit in federal court, Jerry Buckmeyer, presiding judge. 
Our lawyer was Ed Cloutman. And he talked to Ed. But let me but but I was a true believer. What I'm getting at is this. I was a true believer. At least I thought. In the cause of liberalism. Before I heard of Rush. So 1990 rolls around and uh, I am told and they say you have a directive uh, from uh, Dr. Hooks, Ben Hooks, Benjamin Hooks, God rest his soul, to speak at a pro-choice rally. Huh? And I will not do this because of my personal convictions. Yeah. My core beliefs, my, my, my faith beliefs. I can't speak at some pro-choice rally. There's no way that I can do that. I was uh, the minister. I was a minister of evangelism at that time. It was Second Chapel Baptist Church. I think uh, it's been. I don't know where, what's happened over there, but I know it's not. The neighborhood's not the same. Period. Anymore. On Derry Road, there in Garland, Texas, I was minister of evangelism at the time, and um, there's no way that I was going to be speaking at any pro-choice rally. And so I was president also at the time. And folks, I got to tell you something. My star that was rising rapidly because of the activity that we were engaged in at the time that was receiving national press. Well, hey, my star began to abruptly set and go down. And the possibilities that were before me uh, began to evaporate inside the organization. And all of a sudden, there was an uprising of my executive board against me that I know was fueled from the national level. So, you know, hey, uh, I shake the dust off my feet. I take my family and we move to Florida, Tampa, Florida, Hillsborough County. Uh, and uh, I'm, an, I'm a mortgage originator and I haven't found a church yet to serve, but I always had a profession, you know, in finance. I'm a mortgage originator. I'm out there looking for a client and I'm looking flipping through the the AM channel trying to find uh, one of my favorite talk show guys Jim Hightower that comes on back in Texas and uh, I come across this voice this guy calling himself Rush. And Bill Clinton was running for president at the time. And this guy, Rush, was giving him the blues. I mean, he was just kicking him everywhere he might be exposed I'd never heard anything like that before. 
And, and that, that gives you an idea of how isolated you can become and not realize that maybe there are differing, I mean extremely differing opinions than yours that are out there that need to be examined. Because just like you, someone else may have a valid, legitimate, and worthy opinion of how this thing is going and how this goes. Are you getting me? Huh? Rush, I knew when I first heard him was an entertainer. I knew that. I knew that. And he'd let you know. Of course he had entertaining things on there. He's an entertainer. And I listened to it and I'd uh, brush it off. But you know what? And this is the magic. And everybody, you've, you've heard a lot of people saying, what was it? Was it his voice? What was it? That No, it was this. Rush simply told the truth. And uh, it is a difficult thing. Uh, you know, I've done, I do it a lot. Uh, I'll leave this and I'll go do a Zoom call for another hour, an hour and a half, two hours, whatever. It's tough to talk for three hours straight. I do it two hours straight most days. That's a tough way to do it. You don't have any guests or anything. You know, you can coast. You can have a call-in show and just have it phoned in. Where you don't have to put any mind power, no brain power, whatever, to your show. You just have them phone it in. And you respond to them. But creating something like Rush did. The EIB network that, you know, was sitting high atop the EIB uh, building or wherever, you know, the, uh, and, and it's true. It is true. He painted in your mind the fact that there was this uh, megalopolis building, you know, metropolis, great skyscraping building with huge EIB letters on it. He painted that type of thing in your head. There was no such building, of course. But wherever Rush was, as it has been said, that's where the EIB network building is. He was brilliant at it. Because Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop.
hands are lifted high. Our hearts are bowing in reverence. Welcome back, all of you, to the C.L. Bryant Show. It is a great day in the USA, and I want to thank each and every one of you uh, for being there uh, with us and for us as we together. Uh, embark upon this new and great American journey. All of you out there who are wanting to make extra money, you just stay around here. Hang around. I'm going to be telling you uh, how to do that not many days hence. I did get the calls and so forth. Um, I had to do some uh, mechanical things, some logistical things. Uh, and uh, so everything's up, up and going. I'll let you know what's happening here soon. And it was all me. It was all on the operator's end down here. But just the same, I will uh, let you know real soon what's going on. Stay tuned to the C.L. Bryant Show and have a friend tune in too because what's good for you is good for Sue and Randy and Andy and all of them, uh, you know, so stay tuned, stay tuned. I was saying, uh, telling you about, uh, my first encounter with, with Rush, um, uh, was not personal, but it was, um, I was hearing this guy named Rush on the radio, just kick, uh, the stuffings out of Bill Clinton. I mean, just kick the stuffings out. And I knew it was entertainment. I knew that I was venturing into a whole new realm of uh, political speak. This was no longer Jim Hightower. Oh, no, no. We were no longer in Kansas anymore, Toto. (laughs) We were no longer in Kansas. Rush had opened up an entirely different way of thinking. And this is what I want you to get this is what I really want you to get um i the longer I listened, the more it began to dawn on me that what he was saying was no different than what I heard my father and uncles talking about. And that is independent and economic uh, uh, prosperity. Of course, my dad and uncles would talk about it for the black man and yada, yada, yada. But their dreams and goals... Their visions and desires for themselves, their children, and everything were no different than what Rush was talking about, right? And they weren't. And I don't know why we have to couch everything and why we do couch everything in the, uh, I don't know, realm of race and reason and all that type of thing. I just refuse. I just can't do that. I don't, I don't judge people that way. I don't uh, accept people or reject people that way. I just, I just can't, never have been able to do that. Maybe it's my Creole upbringing. I don't know. All of you know that I was in an interracial uh, marriage for all of my life, basically. And, uh, who knows? Uh, 
you know, I have not, I, I just have never gotten the angst that we like to create. And that's exactly what happens. We create an angst against things that seemingly we don't, we don't know or understand. The more I listen, the more I realize that he was not talking about anything less than what my father, what my grandfather talked about. And that's being independent of people getting in your way while you're trying to make money your own way. Isn't that the beauty of America? Is, is that, that you're able to make money in your own way, uh, in a way that makes you, you, you comfortable in your talent? Miscongeniality can make money being miscongeniality if she has the right product. Mr. Congeniality can do the same thing if he has the right product. Huh? If that's your talent. God has given that to you in order for you to multiply it and, 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 and be blessed by it. That's your blessing. Bless others, get blessed through your talent. Don't hide it in the ground. Don't hide it within yourself. Huh? Go, go and do something with that. That's your talent. And so... There was a part of me before, and I got, I'm just being totally straight up with you as far as the way uh, I felt about Rush Limbaugh. I know that there was a part of me, and I thank God that I, I heard this man say these words, that he was a talent on loan from God. I, 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 I thank God that I, I had never, ever heard that phrase before. And I, my dear friends, am an orator. That's what I'm renowned for. That's what I'm known for. You have to make the judgment for yourself. But that's what I do. And I, I know phrases. Many times I hear people use them and yada, yada, yada. Oh, they think they're original uh, with all of that. But none of us are original with our phraseology. Somebody's always said it before, but to tell you the truth, I'd never heard anybody tell, tell an American audience or any audience that they were a talent on loan from God. <laughs> oh, it was easy. It would have been easy if you didn't understand, as I later did, understand the man. It been easy to take him as a, a pompous, arrogant ass. <laughs> but that wasn't what he meant at all. To God be the glory. Because he is long, he's simply loaning. Whatever little thing I'm contributing to this conversation, he's, he's loaning it to you. I'm on loan from God. That's what he was saying. And all of us are. And I certainly wish that all of us would understand uh, that we are on loan from God. Because then I think, friends, 
we would realize that all of us, as my pastor, my pastor James A. McMenus says this all the time, then we would realize that we are a purpose with a name. Rush. <laughs> Love Jesus. Rush was a very private, very, very, very private, personal, uh, uh, I won't say introverted, but, but almost type of person. And maybe take one to know one. I really, it really and truly, if you really and truly know me, you'll know that I'm really introverted. I'm really an introverted person uh, who sometimes always out there. God has this huge sense of humor. But friends, hearing this man speak and weighing what he was saying through the entertainment value of all of it, weighing what he was saying through the entertainment value of all of it, expanded my political horizons. I was listing for you, I was listing for you the things that were looking back over where I've come since I started this, this journey back in the 90s. Uh, I, I look at the engagements that I did have in the 90s, where life took me all that way, and where it has brought me to right now. As far as my political engagements in this country, I can, as a black American, can tell you, and it may seem paradoxical, that my uh, American journey, as I know it right now, began with the day that I heard Rush Limbaugh beating Bill Clinton to a bloody pulp on his radio program. I had never heard anyone undo and parody <laughs> a, pre a, a presidential candidate in the way that Rush parodied Bill. And I, 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 I tried not to listen, but I began to crave the, the difference in what I had been uh, groomed and programmed to believe. I craved to hear something different, you know, presented at least in a different way. And it did. And the more I listened, the more I realized I did believe that because actually I believed what my father and my grandfather believed. And they were Democrats. They always voted Democrats, crat, but they did not. My, my grandparents didn't live to see 
this America that you and I are seeing. My parents have not lived to see this America that we're Martin Luther King, Malcolm X have not lived to see the America that you and I are living in. They haven't seen black folks the way you and I see them. Huh? I don't care if you're red, yellow, black, or white yourself. I don't, it doesn't matter. The, the folks who came before us have not seen an America. They haven't seen white folks act, act the way they, they act. <laughs> uh, and they certainly, listen, they certainly haven't seen white kids act the way they act. <laughs> they, have, they have never seen that. Folks, they would, they would not know. They would not know what to do <laughs> with what they see. They would not know. So I didn't know that I would ever be affect, affected by someone who, who was a white conservative. I would not know that I would ever be a part of any type of grassroots movement, especially a conservative, fiscal conservative grassroots movement, uh, taxed enough already, T. I would never have known that. Never. And folks, um, speaking, um, thinking of that, I um, want to take time now just to ask you to to um, pray for a friend of mine. Um, she's She's ill. She's not feeling uh, well and I'll ask your prayers for her lift her up in prayer her name's Leanne please please um, lift her up in prayer and um, I ask that God will begin to move and heal her wholly wholly and totally uh, wholly and totally body soul mind spirit wholly and totally in Jesus' name, thank you for joining in prayer with me for Leanne today. That, my friends, is something that Rush believed in. Now, I've never heard of him doing it on his show or anything of that nature, although uh, there was no doubt, there was no questioning whether or not Rush was a believer in Almighty God. No questioning about that. Uh, he had no uh, hesitation of letting you know how Chris, that he was Christian, believer in Jesus Christ. Um, when you know, when you meet and run into uh, people, like I ran into him first time in CPAC uh, in Washington, D.C., let him know that he was, what I just told you, influential in my life. Um, y- you know, y- you 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 wonder you and you wonder sometimes are they truly like you and to tell you the truth they are but there is something different and i do believe that from time to time and i'm really glad that he does it uh god sends just mega lights mega lights into our um, periphery, into our realm of existence, into where we are. Just sense mega lights. 
And friends, I got to tell you something. Rush was one. He was just a mega light. And I, I, um, certainly hope that you take the time to examine the man that I have been talking about. Just about everything that has happened along the way for me in the last uh, 20, 25 years, 25 years, maybe a little bit longer than that, 30 years, as far as my political thinking is concerned, has not been influenced in some way. I'm just telling, telling you honestly by this man, Rush Limbaugh. And it, it just it just pains me. I'll be on with uh, with Sean uh, next week. I'll be on with Sean, Sean next week uh, to pretty much tell uh, all of the world exactly what I have just told uh, my followers across the country. Uh, and I certainly, Sean has millions and millions of people. Uh, I, I don't make no mistake. This is not the Hannity show, but we're headed that way. You just hang around. But I just wanted to share that. I wanted going to share that uh, next week. I already got it set up. And so Biden, according to, pardon me, Donald Trump, wow, Biden, according to Trump, wow is either lying or mentally gone on vaccine gaff now this is what the president president trump is referring to uh, uh former president trump just lit into joe biden on newsmax tv on wednesday night uh for his dumb statement as he put it at the CNN town hall Tuesday, suggesting there was no vaccine before the new administration. I saw that um, he said there was no vaccine when he came into office. And yet he got a shot before he came into office. Now, now, now this, this is what, this is what the president, I mean, you should... You should have this. All of us should have this kind of common sense. I'll be back. So you came and changed my life. You thought I was worth keeping. So you cleaned me up inside. You thought I was to die Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up. 
Stand up. Stand up. God bless you. God bless America. I do the best I can. Always in the heaven hand. And for the flag I stand. CL back on this great day in the U.S. of A. Um, frozen tundra here in Louisiana. Still, the ground is whited with ice and snow. And doesn't look like it's going to be on Saturday before it's even thawed out enough for any of this start going away. And that's the nastiest part of all the beauty of this snow. And it's just going to get slushy and yucky. And it's like it's been raining, going to be like it's been raining for a week and a half or two. You know how it gets. And that's actually worse because snow for somehow is, I don't know what it is, but it seems to leave a bigger mess or something than, than just uh, rain. Anyway, I was talking about uh, that <clears throat> Joe Biden and Donald, the, the president, president, President Donald Trump was saying that he saw that Joe Biden said that there was no vaccine when he came into office. And yet he got a shot of the vaccine before he came into office. Trump told Wednesday's uh, Greg Kelly reports. Uh, It was already in early November when we announced it. But we actually had it substantially before that. We uh, were giving millions of shots and millions of doses. So either he's not telling the truth or he's mentally gone. One or the other. Well, maybe he's mentally gone and not telling the truth. Maybe he's not telling the truth because he's mentally gone. I don't, it does not necessarily have to be either or, but it could be, Mr. President. It could be. And Joe Biden. Well, we know that he's a, you know, he plagiarizes stuff anyway, right? I try to be as original as CL as I, you know, that's that's just the way I I do. I like to say my own stuff, do my own stuff. I use other people's stuff. Other people use my stuff. But I like uh, the idea of creating phrases, words. There are many CL-isms, you know, and um, like the idea and I like people who are able to do it and that's what Rush was able to do was create uh, ideas so when we look at the mentally gone part of it there is nothing that Joe Biden is able to inspire Are, are you beginning to sense the buyer's remorse that those clowns on the left are beginning to feel oh they, they're doing everything to keep up the, a, a good front they're, they're doing everything to keep up good face they're doing everything they can to keep it up but they are so remorseful over this Joe Biden stuff they can't hardly stand it 
They hate the way he talks. They do, do not like the way he bumbles around. And my goodness, uh, Lord, please, please. Girlfriend, please. Uh, <laughs> it, it, let me know if I'm bumbling. Please tell me consistently if I'm bumbling. That way I just shut up. Oh, my. Just just let me be quiet, man. I'm not going to talk if it comes to that. You have allowed them to elect this man or to put this man or give this man the oath of office and let him sit in the, in the White House. You have you have given you have allowed them, whoever them is, whoever them are, I mean, I don't know, to give this man the oath of office so he can sit in the Oval Office, that room without corners. Huh? So, where do we go from here? This, I mean, obviously that his, his he's been uh, he's been in office not quite a month. Well, yeah, yeah, and he is showing everybody reasons why he should be. Dismissed, taken down, replaced, and don't you be surprised that not too many days hence, oh, I want you to hear me now, Nancy Pelosi begins to beat the war drums of incompetency. Joe Biden is blowing it. There, there is nothing that he has done yet that have rung true with the American people. Do you know why? It's because Joe Biden is a sellout to special interest on the far left that you do not ever have any contact with. But Joe has... And his son, his little boy, too, Hunter has. Both of them have. Yeah. Contacts with Chicoms, as Rush used to call them, the Chicoms. All of them have the connections to the Chicoms. So, you, my friends. Huh. <laughs> You had better wake up. Cancel culture. Hannity pointed out that, yeah, Rush. It was Rush who was attacked by this cancel culture as well. They wanted to cancel him. Yeah. 
They wanted to counsel him before we had the term snowflake, uh, Sean was saying, Hannity was saying, or woke or cancel culture. Talk radio has always been in the crosshairs of cancel culture. And Rush, of course, was the, the king of that, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. The crosshairs. Talk radio. And when you talk about talk radio, usually you're talking about conservative talk radio. Although Jim Hightower was uh, a liberal. But I love to hear him talk. And he was talk radio for sure. And then cousin, not cousin Lenny, but. um, Oh, what was that uh, guy's name that I used to like to listen to? It was talk radio. But he was a liberal, too. And as Ronnie Ramirez and I were talking about uh, here a little earlier, I have friends who are liberals, big time, big time liberals. Have conversation. I mean, there's, there's no way to know the other side unless you know the other side. You know them. You know them intimately. You know them. I know liberals intimately. I know them very well, very well. Basically, I know how what they're going to say about certain certain. That's the intimacy that we have in our friendship. I know them very well. They know me. They know what I'm going to say about certain issues and so forth. There's an intimate relationship that I have with liberals that are friends. But I'm not talking about the crazy people. See, there there are there are people that you can talk to, and then there are people who are crazy. And these people who are just wanting to cancel your culture, want to cancel you and, 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 and disregard you, uh, celebrate, jump up and down, dance because uh, they uh, want to say Russ is dead and, and, and or at least want to celebrate because Russ is dead. Folks, I'm, I'm telling you, I am telling you that this is an alternate alternate type of existence in this country that we are experiencing right now and all of the things that go along with you being you all of the things that go along with that hey it's compounded because there's no real getaway anymore you used to be able to get away and go eat something and with some friends or something you know, and, and just go visit a friend and just kick back and just talk, you know, but that that's all been stymied. We want our life back. We want our country back. We want America back the way it was. But I don't know, friends. If there has not been bread among us, a type of fear that may never go away, I don't know. I certainly hope not. But I do believe that there might be bread among us right now, that, uh, a type of fear that may never go away. 
And if so, then I can tell you this. Mission accomplished. For those who would want to keep us divided, they just found a new way to do it because surely there will be the uh, COVID uh, fearers and those who will be called the COVID deniers or something of that nature. A new way to divide will be this way. Mark my word. Even once things are supposed to be normal again, it's going to take a while to get back to normal. And it may be clash. It may be conflict getting there. But friends, I am saying to you, we got to get there. Because we can't live like this. We can't live like this. Let's get there. On the way to Florida, uh, here in a week and a half. Week and a half? Was it 10 days? Yeah, 10 days. And... um, Got some thing, got a lot, a lot of things to do down there. But just the same, friends. Um, it seems like everybody's relocating into Texas, Georgia, Florida. Uh, Ron DeSantis is looking real good, and I'm looking forward to my Florida trip and my Florida um, life. I'm looking for a beach life. I want to thank God for bringing us to the close of yet another day. And I want to thank him for our men and women in uniform around the globe who defend our right to speak our minds. And until I'm able to talk to you again, I want you to know my heartfelt desire is that God will bless and keep you all. 